O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, August 25th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north, even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Kitavo, and it means, when you enter in. Deuteronomy 28, 1-20 If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all His commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land He is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in His ways, the Lord will establish you as His holy people, as He swore to do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land He swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. 
The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens, and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I am giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. Your towns and your fields will be cursed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be cursed. Your children and your crops will be cursed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be cursed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be cursed. Then the Lord himself will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in everything you do, until at last you are completely destroyed for doing evil and abandoning me. Job 16.1-19.29 Then Job spoke again, I have heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are! Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if it were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. Instead, I suffer if I defend myself, and I suffer no less if I refuse to speak. O God, you have ground me down and devastated my family. As if to prove I have sinned, you've reduced me to skin and bones. My gaunt flesh testifies against me. God hates me and angrily tears me apart. He snaps his teeth at me and pierces me with his eyes. People jeer and laugh at me. They slap my cheek in contempt. A mob gathers against me. God has handed me over to sinners. He has tossed me into the hands of the wicked. I was living quietly until he shattered me. He took me by the neck and broke me in pieces. Then he set me up as his target, and now his archers surround me. His arrows pierce me without mercy. My ground is wet with my blood. Again and again he smashes against me, charging at me like a warrior. I wear burlap to show my grief. My pride lies in the dust. My eyes are red with weeping. Dark shadows circle my eyes. Yet I have done no wrong, and my prayer is pure. O earth, do not conceal my blood. Let it cry out on my behalf. Even now, my witness is in heaven. My advocate is there on high. My friends scorn me, but I pour out my tears to God. I need someone to mediate between God and me, as a person mediates between friends. For soon I must go down that road from which I will never return. My spirit is crushed and my life is nearly snuffed out. The grave is ready to receive me. I am surrounded by mockers. I watch how bitterly they taunt me. You must defend my innocence, O God, since no one else will stand up for me. 
You have closed their minds to understanding, but do not let them triumph. They betray their friends for their own advantage, so let their children faint with hunger. God has made a mockery of me among the people. They spit in my face. My eyes are swollen with weeping, and I am but a shadow of my former self. The virtuous are horrified when they see me. The innocent rise up against the ungodly. The righteous keep moving forward, and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. As for all of you, come back with a better argument, though I still won't find a wise man among you. My days are over. My hopes have disappeared. My heart's desires are broken. These men say that night is day. They claim that the darkness is light. What if I go to the grave and make my bed in darkness? What if I call the grave my father, and the maggot my mother or my sister? Where then is my hope? Can anyone find it? No, my hope will go down with me to the grave. We will rest together in the dust. Then Bildad the Shuhite replied, How long before you stop talking? Speak sense if you want us to answer. Do you think we are mere animals? Do you think we are stupid? You may tear out your hair in anger, but will that destroy the earth? Will it make the rocks tremble? Surely the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. The sparks of their fire will not glow. The light in their tent will grow dark. The lamp hanging above them will be quenched. The confident stride of the wicked will be shortened. Their own schemes will be their downfall. The wicked walk into a net. They fall into a pit. A trap grabs them by the heel. A snare holds them tight. A noose lies hidden on the ground. A rope is stretched across their path. Terrors surround the wicked and trouble them at every step. Hunger depletes their strength and calamity waits for them to stumble. Disease eats their skin. Death devours their limbs. They are torn from the security of their homes and are brought down to the king of terrors. The homes of the wicked will burn down. Burning sulfur rains on their houses. Their roots will dry up and their branches will wither. All memory of their existence will fade from the earth. No one will remember their names. They will be thrust from light into the darkness, driven from the world. They will have neither children nor grandchildren, nor any survivor in the place where they lived. People in the West are appalled at their fate. People in the East are horrified. They will say, This was the home of a wicked person, the place of one who rejected God. Then Job spoke again. How long will you torture me? How long will you try to crush me with your words? You have already insulted me ten times. You should be so ashamed of treating me so badly. Even if I have sinned, that is my concern, not yours. You think you're better than I am, using my humiliation as evidence of my sin. But it is God who has wronged me, capturing me in his net. I cry out, Help! but no one answers me. I protest, but there is no justice. God has blocked my way so I cannot move. He has plunged my path into darkness. He has stripped me of my honor and removed the crown from my head. He has demolished me on every side, and I am finished. He has uprooted my hope like a fallen tree. 
His fury burns against me. He counts me as an enemy. His troops advanced. They build up roads to attack me. They camp all around my tent. My relatives stay far away, and my friends have turned against me. My family is gone, and my close friends have forgotten me. My servants and maids consider me a stranger. I am like a foreigner to them. When I call my servant, he doesn't come. I have to plead with him. My breath is repulsive to my wife. I am rejected by my own family. Even young children despise me. When I stand to speak, they turn their backs on me. My close friends detest me. Those I loved have turned against me. I have been reduced to skin and bones and have escaped death by the skin of my teeth. Have mercy on me, my friends. Have mercy, for the hand of God has struck me. Must you also persecute me like God does? Haven't you chewed me up enough? Oh, that my words could be recorded. Oh, that they could be inscribed on a monument, carved with an iron chisel and filled with lead, engraved forever in the rock. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he will stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. How dare you go on persecuting me, saying, It's his own fault. You should fear punishment yourselves, for your attitude deserves punishment. Then you will know that there is indeed a judgment. First Corinthians 16, 1-24 Now regarding your Corinthians' question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure I gave to the churches in Galatia. On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. When I come, I will write letters of recommendation for the messengers you choose to deliver your gift to Jerusalem. And if it seems appropriate for me to go along, they can travel with me. I am coming to visit you after I have been to Macedonia, for I am planning to travel through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay a while with you, possibly all winter, and then you can send me on my way to my next destination. This time I don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and stay a while, if the Lord will let me. In the meantime, I will be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. There is a wide-open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. When Timothy comes, don't intimidate him. He is doing the Lord's work, just as I am. Don't let anyone treat him with contempt. Send him on his way with your blessing when he returns to me. I expect him to come with the other believers. Now, about our brother Apollos, I urged him to visit you with the other believers, but he was not willing to go right now. He will see you later when he has the opportunity. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. You know that Stephanus and his household were the first of the harvest of believers in Greece, and they are spending their lives in service to God's people. 
I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to submit to them and others like them who serve with such devotion. I am very glad that Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaeus have come here. They have been providing the help you weren't here to give me. They have been a wonderful encouragement to me, as they have been to you. You must show your appreciation to all who serve so well. The churches here in the province of Asia send greetings in the Lord, as do Aquila and Priscilla and all the others who gather in their home for church meetings. All the brothers and sisters here send greetings to you. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting. Paul, if anyone does not love the Lord, that person is cursed. Our Lord, come. May the grace of the Lord Yeshua be with you all. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. Psalm 40, 1-10 I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what He has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. O Lord my God, You have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, Look, I have come, as is written about me in the Scriptures. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Proverbs 22, 1 Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Deuteronomy, and then we're going to jump into Psalm 40. So in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we see a basic principle being laid out for us. Blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. And so the strong word that is being exhorted and laid out for the people is, if you fully obey Yahweh your Elohim and keep all of his commands that I'm giving you today, then Yahweh your Elohim will set you high above all the nations, and you will experience all these blessings if you obey Yahweh your Elohim. 
And it talks about the towns and the fields being blessed, the children and crops being blessed, the fruit baskets and breadboards being blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Blessings for obedience. So how do we obey? If we don't have the indwelling Holy Spirit and we try to obey on our own, leaning on our own flesh, leaning on our own self-will, we will stumble and fall. We will fail. We will fall off the saddle and often. But once we're born again and the indwelling Holy Spirit lives within us, Yeshua's spirit lives within us. What he does is he takes out the heart of stone in us. He gives us a heart of flesh and he begins to write the Torah, the word of God, right upon our heart. And so by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit, we are able to be obedient, to obey his commands and his decrees and his statutes. And where much of mainstream Christianity has really missed the mark over the centuries is that they fell into something called replacement theology. And they felt that the church had replaced Israel and that all the covenants and promises made to the people of Israel were null and void. And now all those covenants and promises and blessings were for the church. And basically, they said that the law, the Torah, was nullified. It was void that when Yeshua died on the cross, he basically nailed the Torah to the cross, which is absolutely false and incorrect. He did not come to do away with the law or the Torah. He came to fulfill it. And so when it comes to obedience, we're to follow all of the word of God, not just the New Testament. That's part of what replacement theology does. Basically, it's like cutting the Bible in half, taking all of the Old Testament and pitching it in the trash and saying, oh, that's not relevant anymore. And then you just follow the New Testament. No, that's wrong. What he is saying here is that we're to follow his commands. All of them obey his commands. All of them. Now, many of the commands in the Old Testament we can't follow anymore because the temple has been destroyed. And there's a lot of commands about the temple. So one day in the future, when the temple is restored, then those commands will apply. Many of the commands also apply to those who are living in the land of Israel. And a lot of us are not living in the land of Israel. We're scattered to the nations. We're in exile. We're part of the diaspora. So those commands will not apply to us. But then All the others, such as the food laws, what's clean and what's unclean, those do apply to us. Following and keeping the Shabbat and the biblical feasts, those do apply to us. It's not just for the Jews. It's for all followers of the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yahweh, Yeshua. And so there are great blessings for obedience. But then he warns. It goes on in the same chapter. And he talks about the curses for disobedience. Now, get the context. Six of the tribal heads were up on Mount Gerizim. And they spoke out these blessings aloud. And these two mountains are not really mountains. They're 
they're really, really big hills, and there's a valley in between, and the valley in between is where ancient Shechem, the city of Shechem, was, which today is modern-day Naplus. And so six of the tribal heads stood up on Mount Gerizim and spoke out these blessings, and then six other tribal heads got to the top of Mount Ebal, right across the way, and they spoke out the curses. If you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. Towns and fields will be cursed. Fruit baskets and breadboards will be cursed. Your children and crops will be cursed. And wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be cursed. Now, the northern kingdom as a whole, that is the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel, the ten tribes of the north, by and large, all of these curses came upon them. They fell into idolatry. They worshipped other gods. They forgot about the Torah. They forgot God's name. They forgot about the book. And they got scattered. They were taken into captivity to Assyria. There they were assimilated. And then they were scattered to all the nations. And so in Leviticus chapter 26, we learn of how these curses can be reversed. In Leviticus 26, starting in verse 40. And so, you know, the whole chapter there is, again, talking about the curses that come upon you for disobedience. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to read the prayer at the end for how to break the curses off of your life personally, but also off of our lives corporately as a people. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 40 to 43. If they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers, that is, our church forefathers, with their trespass, which they trespassed against me, and that also they have walked contrary to me, and that I also have walked contrary to them, and have brought them into the land of their enemies, if then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled, and they then accept the punishment of their iniquity. What is that punishment? We live in exile. We're outside of the promised land. Then will I remember my covenant with Jacob, and also my covenant with Isaac, and also my covenant with Abraham will I remember, and I will remember the land. And so what this is saying is if, if we do this repentance on a personal level and corporately as a people, God says he will remember his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What is that covenant? The covenant is God said to Abraham, I'm going to make your seed more numerous than the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. And you see this land, Abraham? I'm giving you this land to you and to your uh, children. And we are the spiritual descendants of Abraham. That land, there's an inheritance. And the promised land, one day, we will live there. We will inhabit it. How far away that is, only time will tell. So there's a way to undo the curse, and it's through repentance. Finally, I want to jump into Psalm 40. And I want to jump into verse 8 
through 10. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. So there's a couple things here I want to unpack. First, in verse 8, it talks about how the instructions have been written upon his heart. And that means that the heart of stone has been removed, the heart of flesh has been put there, and Yeshua, by his Holy Spirit, now begins to write the Torah, the word, upon our heart. The psalmist is talking about this. This is David speaking. And so that's how we're able to walk in the obedience to the Torah, is by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. If that hasn't happened for you, you can pray and you can ask that the Lord would remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and that his spirit would dwell within you and that he would write his word upon your heart. Next, verse 9 and 10, I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out. This is talking about sharing the good news. When was the last time you witnessed to someone and you shared the good news with them and you talked to them about Yeshua? I don't know about you, my friend, but it has been a while since I've done that. I have a dear friend of mine, and she is quite the evangelist. She has many, many little tracks, and she purposefully, intentionally goes out to public areas, like to outdoor uh parks and gathering places and um, where the people are in the public. And she strikes up conversations, she approaches people, and she's friendly, and she opens up a conversation, and she shares these gospel tracts with them. She's quite the evangelist. And she's done this for many years. So I know sometimes we get reserved and we put our walls up, and especially in this COVID culture that we're now living in, people wear their masks and they keep their social distance and all that. And before, a lot of people would be friendly and they would chat, you know, in the grocery line at the grocery store. But now people are much more shut down and they keep their distance and they have their mask on. But this is saying, what are we to be doing right now? What is being about the Father's business. Being about the Father's business is sharing the good news with people in your neighborhood, as you're out and about, you know, in a park, at a camping ground, um, when you're out shopping. Share the good news. This is not a time to be shut down or to be afraid because I believe Yeshua is coming back soon, and we're seeing a lot of trials and tribulations and birth pangs and the the time of sorrows has come upon us with lockdowns and quarantines and people losing their jobs. And so this is a time to be sharing the good news. This is being about the Father's business. So I pray for you today and for me, Father, that you would orchestrate circumstances and open a door wide 
so that we can share the good news with people that we come into contact with today. That we would have a boldness and a courage to share that good news with family members, unsaved family members, and with uh, those that come across our path today. Please open the door and grant us favor, orchestrate those circumstances, and put a holy boldness and a courage upon us to share the good news, because Yeshua is coming and he's coming soon. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Adonai Adonai the ironic blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.